What is going on, Substackers? It is Tuesday, so you know what that means. It's Tuesdays with Corey, baby. That's right. Well, as you all know, we are smack dab in the middle of Colonel Cornbread and the case of the Confederate Ruby. I've had so much fun doing this one. And for those of you that maybe you didn't get the introductory episode of Tuesdays with Corey, what, uh, how Colonel Cornbread came to be was I made up a random prompt and gave it to AI and told them to spit me out a story. I then read the story, which was garbage because a robot did it, and I decided that I would then rewrite the story, and thus Colonel Cornbread and the Confederate Ruby was born. And I'll be honest with you, I genuinely thought, like, I'm going to do this. This is going to be a one-off, one episode. And I just got into it, and I was having so much fun that almost every week I've been like, okay, it's going to be over this week. And then I just haven't because we're. it's just, again... I mean, how could you not have fun writing a uh, a Civil War era detective story? It's phenomenal. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back and saying that the actual audio drama has been phenomenal. That's, of course, up to y'all. All I really care about is that it's better than the robot version, which I'm happy to say it objectively is, okay? I thought today that since we are at the midway point of the story that I would do something a little bit different and go back to how this all started. I'm going to dust off the old time machine. I'm going to dust off the old time machine that I found, uh, you know, out, out back of the barn near my uncle's moonshine still, right? Dust off the old time machine and actually go back and visit the man again, Cornbread, who we were all introduced to first in conversations with Cornbread because I got to tell you, I got a little bone to pick with him. Because uh, in all of our conversations, he never once mentioned that he had formerly been a sleuth. Never came up one time, right? Now, I guess I understand it. You know, time travel was new to him, and he had a lot more questions than he did things to say about himself. But I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to find out some background information. So, strap in. We're going back to 1888 to talk with the man, the myth, the legend, Colonel Cornbread. Well, I'll be damned. Looky there. Back so soon, Mr. Forster. What's up, Colonel? Uh, hey, let me, let's sit this uh, recording equipment down. I want to jump right into this. Well, let me be hospitable and uh, get us a couple drinks here. Oh, I really appreciate that. I'm uh, parched from my trip. So how the hell have you been, man? Oh, uh, you mean since yesterday? Well, not <laughs> yeah, much uh, yeah. different. Sun went down, sun came back up, and women still can't vote. <laughs> I, t- I 100% forgot. I'm never going to get used to time traveling. Well, how long has it been since you was here, like, from your uh, perspective of time. I think it's been like six months. Did I have the baby the last time I was here? No, you didn't, but you wouldn't shut up about it, so I expected it was about to pop. Yeah, so we had the baby. Uh, you know, we got to spend the summer with it. Amber went back to school, and my new book just came out, so... Are you really trying to advertise during our conversation? Do you think that little of me and my time? <laughs> no. No, I just, I was just stating a fact. Oh, I'm just yanking your chain, son. Hell, I didn't know that anybody from your neck of the woods could read, let alone right <laughs> oh ha 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 very original cornbread i've never heard that one before oh hell you have i thought i just made that up uh actually now that you mention maybe you did 
Holy shit. Yeah, you ain't the only one with word skills there, Mr. Author. Okay, speaking of skills, I'm very glad that you brought that up. You're welcome. Because it seems, Colonel Cornbread, that you uh, have hidden uh, one of your skills from me, a very particular set of skills that you apparently have. Did somebody publish my possum casserole recipe? No, well, not that I know of. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about how you used to be... A detective. Oh, I know. No, where'd you hear such a thing as that? Me and my friends are reading about it right now. It's uh, it's Colonel Cornbread and the case of the Confederate Ruby. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. How how clumsy of me. Uh, I apologize. I seem to have dropped my whiskey. Whoa, Cornbread, are you all right? You look you look white as a ghost. Oh, I'm fine. It's just uh. It's just been a while since I've thought about the case. Okay, so it's true. Yes, yes, it is true. In a past life, Colonel Cornbread was once a detective, a sleuth. Oh, this is absolutely fabulous. I have so much to ask you. Yeah, I'll never forget where I was when we found out who did it because... Uh, whoa, 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 spoilers, spoilers. We had not got that far yet, Cornbread. Well, about how far along are you, child? Uh, you and Augie had <sighs> just uh, had to go watch the play at the theater because you were uh, questioning... Barnaby. Yes, exactly. Uh, Sir Barnaby Buxton. I tell you what, if I live to be 110... Uh, which I, I may, hell, you could actually figure that out for me, I reckon. I will never, ever forget the look on Augustus's face once he saw his first reading of Shakespeare. Yeah, so I know that you and Augie knew each other before the war, but then, of course, you know, you, you went up in Pennsylvania Dutch country, married your wife, and uh, you fought on opposite sides. And I, from what I'm reading... Augie sort of, at least for a while, held that against you? Oh, hell, Augustus wasn't ever mad at me. He's mad at the world. What do you mean by that? Well, you see, and I don't know how it is in your time. I don't know how different the world is, but uh, there, there's uh, back, in, back in that day, uh, while there was plenty of people who disagreed that there should be a war, you know, everybody had their own thoughts on whether we should be doing it. And, of course, some people thought, that, you know, that we should have done it sooner. By God, as soon as Abe Lincoln got in. Yeah, they didn't like him. But regardless of how you felt about the cause or any of that stuff, everybody wanted to fight. But I thought you said not everyone wanted a war. Not everyone did want a war. But by God, if there's going to be a war, you ain't going to be a red-blooded man and not find yourself in the thick of it. You understand what I'm saying? Right, it's like a pride thing. Yeah, pride, ego, ignorance, overcompensation, whatever one of them words you want to throw at it, you just couldn't not do it. Okay, well, but what does that have to do with Augie, though? Because he did fight. He was just on the other side. Oh, he was on the other side, all right, but he didn't do no fighting. Was he a deserter? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I mean, he was a deserter in the sense of I ain't never seen him slap away a piece of pecan pie, but no, 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 that's not it. Do they tell in that book you're reading about the hitch and Augie's giddy-up that he had? Uh, I don't think so. It, it mentions that he was short. Sure was. And round like the moon. I think the words were a sentient bowling ball. Yeah, sounds like whoever wrote this sure does have Augustus pegged, but I don't remember anything about it. What was it you said? A hitch in his giddy-up? Yeah, yeah, a hitch in his giddy-up. You see, uh, Augie had a, a, a very, very unusual birth defect. His his big toes and his pinky toes were swapped. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but what? Well, you see, the little piggy that was supposed to go to the market turned around and went home instead, and as such, Augie sort of hobbled around like a stool pigeon. I see. So when it came to fighting, naturally, they saw Augustus as more of a liability than he ever would be a benefit. Oh. So he spent the entire war peeling potatoes for people like me who would get all the glory. Yeah, I could see how that was 
hard for. I mean, I dude, like between me and you, like I that would be the job I would want if I had to go to war. I would want to be the dude peeling potatoes. Yes, Mister Forster, it has been well established that you are a pussy. <laughs> No arguments here, brother. None at all. No, I'm teasing you again, hell, and it. And it's like I tried to explain it to Augie. You know, I said this was years later. He always, it just, it was always something that bothered him. I think he had survivor's guilt. You know, because so many lives were lost, and so many homes destroyed, so much land destroyed, the economy just in in tears. And, uh, and, and and he was still around because he never had to see the conflict. And I always tried to, you know, reason with him. I was like, Augie, listen, somebody's got to peel the potatoes, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, literally someone has to do it. Yeah, and that's sort of something that I never understood. You know, all the, all the, uh, the, the infantrymen would look down on everyone who wasn't fighting, who wasn't actually sitting there in the trenches, and, you know, they'd call them names and they'd look down on them. And they, and, but at the end of the day, I believe that they was just jealous because if, if it wasn't just jealous, I mean, how could you not sit there and think to yourself, okay, I'm fighting, I'm in this battle, we all drinking creek water. Some of us is pooping ourselves to death. It's absolute hell out here. But, you know, one of the things that gets me through my day is uh, brief respites with sustenance. And somebody is going to have to prepare that sustenance for me because I'm too busy loading and reloading a musket ball every five minutes. I can't do it. You said they would call them names. What what were what were some like popular insults back in those days? Oh, you'd hear all sorts of stuff. Uh, all these old English insults that sort of came over with some people on the boat. You know, you 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 milk livered sissy boy. You idle headed cod swallop. You weather bitten stank eyed scuttlebutt. You right gut two toed stinky butthole having ne'er do well. Okay, stop. You're making this up. You fish bellied no neck having rat soup eating fart blanket. <laughs> fart blanket. Yep. Fart blanket. Blanket for your farts. Oh, Lord God. No, yeah, I did make some of those up, but point still stands. I think that, uh, you know, that really that really hurt Augie, uh, even though he was doing all that he could do and serving in his own way. You know, it'd be one thing if he'd just hightailed out of there. But uh, it was all he could do, and he did it. Well, yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Like I said, like, somebody has to do that stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, everyone can't be the hero. Everyone can't be the one running into battle. Everyone can't be the commander, you know? Somebody's got to do ev what every, every Some people have to do the things that just keep the whole thing running, you know? Yeah, and uh, that's Augie, you know? And, uh, of course, down the line, being a uh, five-foot-tall and five-foot-wide man who was made fun of a lot in his youth, naturally, he grew up to be a, a cop. cop. Yeah, yep, exactly. That's what I thought you were going there. <laughs> well, Mr. Forster, this has been fun, uh, as always, uh, but it is getting supper time, and I don't want to let the little lady down. I got to go down the street and pick up some squirrel gizzards. You know how we do around here, but hey, how about uh, you know once you get once you get done with the story, you come back and 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 talk to me about it. I'd love to fill you in on some more stuff, and uh, and I, I I hate that we didn't have time to talk about the ghosts today. What the ghost? The what now? Oh, shit.